0: Let's go, Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grote, your home for Raiders news, notes, and information. You can check out the show on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Don't forget, you can check me out on Twitter at egrote5, and you can see more of my work over at silverandblackpride.com. Later in the show, I'll be joined by Lester Wiltfong, Jr., editor-in-chief at windycitygridiron.com, part of the SB Nation family. Okay, Raider fans, we uh, we have something to be excited about. That was a that was a pretty good win by the Raiders last week. Uh, the first quarter of the season is now in the books, and the Raiders got themselves off to a pretty decent start here, going uh, two and two in the first four. Currently, good enough for a tie for second place in the AFC West West Division. Um, I, I do want to spend a couple of minutes here right at the top of the show recapping uh, last week's win against the Colts, um, and just point out a couple of outstanding performances. Let's start with. Um, a couple of rookies, Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby. I mean, you, you can't say enough about the way these two guys played last week. Uh, Jacobs was great again. He's been he's been really good all season. I just love this kid's style of play. You, you can see he runs with a lot of passion uh, for the game. He, he loves to finish his runs. That's really great to see. I went back and I watched some of the All-22 film uh, this week, and, and there were so many great examples of, of him just having great vision. After the Raiders uh, drafted J- Josh Jacobs, I-, I I spent some time um, watching some of his tape from Alabama, and there were were, were three things that they immediately stood out to me when I was watching um, some of his tape. The first one was his vision. The second one was his ability to to make people miss in the open field, and and um, you know when he's when he was in the hole, um, as well as his his power. Now, arm tackles will not bring this guy down. Uh, and so far, what, what we're seeing um, from him early in his career is that that, that skill set that he showed in college is, is transferring to the league. Um, there, there is a play in, in particular that stood out to me from last week, and I, I want to talk about that play real quick. Um, the, the play came early in the third quarter. The Raiders were leading 21 to 10, and it was, it was a first and 10. Um, Derek Carr uh, dropped back to pass. And the Colts sent multiple linebackers blitzing, you know, through through the A gap. And um, the the first great thing that you saw from Jacobs on this play was that he immediately stepped right up to take on um, one of those blitzing linebackers. Along with Alec Ingold, they both were forced to kind of step up and take on take on some of those blitzing linebackers. But it, it was just great to see Carr. Carr was kind of forced to to buy some extra time in the pocket. And after picking up the blitz, um, Jacobs kind of just slipped out into the middle of the field, um, and and Carr found him. Carr found him, dumped it off to him, short pass, and and Jacobs, um, you know, caught the ball, made a guy miss, and he was just on his way to an explosive play. I I believe the play went for about thirty yards. So it's just great to see, you know, the the versatility that we've all heard about uh, all throughout the 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 preseason and whatnot. It's great that we're we're finally finally seeing it and. And the fact that um, you know he's doing those little things like blitz pickup and, and pass protection, now, I, I mean, that's not a little thing, but uh, that's often a thing that you, you, you hear. Uh, that's an aspect of of a rookie running back's game that they often struggle with um, as rookies. So he, he seems to be doing very well in, in that area so far. Uh, the other uh, great performance that I want to talk about is Max Crosby. Now, he, he, he made a huge impact on the game, and, and although... Um, He didn't register a sack. He did find plenty of other ways um, to make his presence felt. I would say this is definitely by far his best game so far of his young career. Uh, He packed a stat line. He had two tackles, two pass deflections, one quarterback hit, and and a forced fumble. And and in addition to that, he was just putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, sometimes it's not always about getting the sacks, but it is about creating some pressure. So he and he was doing that. Now, there is a play uh, that he made that I want to talk about as well, um, and that was that forced fumble play. Um, I don't know how many of you recall, um, but I did have an um, episode of the podcast, and I I think I I recorded it just after the draft, after they had uh, drafted Crosby, and I I interviewed um, Max's defensive line coach from Eastern Michigan, uh, Ben, Ben Needham. And if you recall, one of the things that, that Coach uh, Needham spoke about was just Max's knack for, for, you know, making big plays. Whenever Eastern Michigan needed a big play on defense, it, oftentimes it was Max that, that provided um, that play for, for that defense. So uh, much like Jacobs, a, a lot of what we heard about Crosby's skill set, such as being a, um, a high-motor player, um, you know, with, with – with, um, game changing, you know, ability. We're seeing that. We're seeing that early on in his career. And we're seeing seeing that those those skills translate from the college game to the NFL game. So it's it's really great to see um, out of two of the rookies now if we could only get uh Cleveland Farrell going a little bit, um, you know, maybe maybe start to see a little bit more from Trayvon Mullen and some of those other rookies. Um you know that would be a, a great sign for the rookie class. Now I do have one uh, final piece of news that I I do want to um, get into, and obviously that's the suspension of Vontaze Burfict. Look, I've had some time to think about this now uh, throughout the week, and I've read the comments from Carr and, 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 and Gunther, and obviously Gruden, um, and they're all supporting him, and I and I you know that's that's what they should be doing. That's their teammate. That's their guy. They should be supporting him. Um, and, I, and I just think there, there's several layers to this issue. First of all, in my opinion. It was an unnecessary hit. Um, many disagree with that. Uh, many, many feel that Doyle was 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 getting up and, and was not giving himself up on the play. Um, to me, bottom line, he, I think he could have prevented the collision. I really do. I, I don't think. Again, I said it was unnecessary. I don't think Burfick needed to, um, you know, do what he did. Essentially, um, s- second issue I think is is with the e- ejection. Now, this is where I agree with a lot of uh, Raider fans out there. We, just this week alone, or last week alone, I should say, we saw three or four plays just as bad um, as as the hit that Burfict made on, on Jack Doyle, uh, including Odell Beckham, I believe it was, getting choked out. So, I mean, were these players ejected for their egregious hits? No, and I, I don't even think some of them were fined. Um, I, I don't think... I think in the case of the the Patriots Bills game where Josh Allen was was hit, uh, I don't even think they were penalized for that play. I believe the 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 play was uh, there was uh, negating penalties on the play, so there was really no uh, penalty on the Patriots for that play that actually hurt them. Um, but anyhow. Um, you know, Perfect, On the other hand, he was he was flagged and he he was ejected from the game, and then eventually, as we know, he was he was suspended uh, for the season. Now, this is where I think the NFL gets themselves into a lot of trouble, um, especially with fans, and open themselves up to criticism. Is because they do a terrible job of being consistent with the way that they they levy down fines and suspensions, and and even how the actual penalty is enforced in games. I think is very inconsistent, and they really need to do a better job of that. Um, and the third issue is obviously with the 12 game suspension. Many feel that um, it's just far too too many. And um, you know, earlier in the week, uh, I, I kind of felt like the, the, the suspension was justified. I've had some time to think about that. and I, I do think maybe 12 games is a little extreme. But but I, I have to say, at the end of the day, uh, you know this is how I see it. Perfect is a guy who has a reputation of being a dirty player in the league. Um, he's got a long list of fines and suspensions. It's over $4 million throughout his career. $4 million um, for the same type of plays that he made on Sunday, those types of hits that the league is trying to to, um, to avoid. Um, he's, he's been fined and suspended multiple times for those types of plays. Um, he was warned, that the NFL released a statement from uh, Vice President of NFL Operations, John Runyon. Uh, Runyon said in his statement that uh, Burfect was previously warned that future rule violations would result in escalated accountability measures. So um, hard to, you know, feel too sorry for Burfect when he was, he was warned and, and, and he had a, has a track record of this behavior. Um, so yeah the, the suspension of 12 games might be a little extreme I do th- he is going to appeal it I do think it will be uh lessened by a a couple games uh but it, in my opinion Burfitt gets zero benefit of the doubt he just he's lost that um he's lost that right I guess in my opinion based on what we've seen from him in the past this is this is um, a trend with him, and he has not shown the ability to uh, stop making plays like this. So um, hard to defend him in my point. Now, one last thing that I want to say is perfect um, along with Antonio Brown, were were two guys that I, I was not real excited about when they brought him in. I, As I have said m- men, many times with with the Brown trade, I was cautiously optimistic. That's the word I kept using. Both players were, were upgrades, obviously. They're both great players. They were going to help the team. But this is the type of stuff that you have to deal with when you go in and bring in players like Vontez Perfect and Antonio Brown. So this is the risk you take. Gruden made his bed, and you know now he's got to sleep in it. Okay, those were my thoughts on uh, the Week 4 win uh, against the Colts and a couple of my thoughts on uh, some, some of the better performances, as well as the Vontaze perfect uh, suspension. After this quick break, I'll be back to break down the Raiders Week 5 injury report. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
1: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
0: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back on Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Groh. And I do have the injury report here in front of me as of Thursday night. And the big storyline as of now is with the Raiders receiving core. Um, Tyrell Williams is on the injury report with an ankle injury. I'm not sure when this ankle injury occurred. He did finish the game last week, but he did not practice uh, Wednesday or Thursday, so not looking good for him at this point. Hopefully he can get in at least a limited practice uh, tomorrow. Also, uh, J.J. Nelson is still on the report um, with with a knee injury. Um, He was limited both Wednesday and Thursday, uh, another receiver, Dwayne Harris, he came back to practice on Wednesday, but he did not participate on Thursday, so maybe uh, feeling a little sore after practice on Wednesday. Uh, so you want to keep an eye on all three of those receivers. If, um, if let's say, Tyrell Williams and J.J. Nelson are not available, it was reported today that uh, the newly acquired Trevor Davis was taking reps as the wide receiver one, which is Kind of hard to believe, considering he's only been a part of the team for two weeks. But um, there's just it, the receiving core is just totally depleted right now. Um, it's possible that if if both Williams and Nelson can't go, um, you could be looking at a receiving core of Trevor Davis, Keelan Dawson, and Hunter Renfro. So, wow, that would be uh, against a defense like the Bears. Oh, n- not not good. Um, some other players listed on the report, uh, Cleveland Farrell with a concussion. And again, I'm not sure exactly when that occurred, uh, last week. I, I must've totally missed that. He did not participate in practice on Wednesday or Thursday. So sometimes, you know, with these concussions, they can, they can take time, uh, keep an eye on his status tomorrow. If he doesn't get in at least a limited practice tomorrow, I can't imagine that he'll play, um, who else do we have here? DeAndre Washington with an ankle. He was limited Wednesday. He was a full go on Thursday, so I'd expect him to be uh, active on on Sunday. Um, Richie Incognito popped up with a back injury. He was limited on Thursday. Um, as well as LaMarcus Joyner, who, who I believe was nursing this groin injury last week as well. He was on the injury report, and he played great, and he was also um, limited on Thursday. So so those are some names to keep an eye on. Again, in particular, those those wide receivers, that, that could be a major issue uh, for Derek Carr in the offense. Okay, up next is my interview with Lester Wiltfong Jr. of WindyCityGridiron.com. Joining me tonight is Lester Wiltfong, Jr., who is also a part of the SB Nation family. Lester is the editor-in-chief at, uh, for the com. Lester, thanks for uh, giving us some time tonight. How you doing?
1: Doing pretty good. How about you?
0: I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, you know, I always like to start these interviews off um, with discussing, you know, and kind of getting an update on the injury report. Um, I did have a chance to take a quick look at it. I saw there were some updates to it uh, recently. We're, we're all aware of the Mitchell Trubisky injury at this point. Um, I did see that, that Taylor Gabriel um, is, is going to be out for this week along with one of your uh, offensive linemen. Uh, but yeah. uh, could you kind of just highlight some other notable names that are listed on the report and what you think their status is for Sunday's game?
1: Well, it looks like a team takes hasn't practice yet this week, and that's going to be a big loss if he can't go. Um, but he missed last week, and the Bears backups really stepped up and played a good game. Uh, So besides him, then you also have the the Roquan Smith situation, uh, where, of course, he missed last week, uh, cited as personal reasons. Uh, They're still not exactly sure what's going on there. He says he'll play, uh, but head coach Matt Nagy says he's not quite so sure if he'll play. So uh, right now, it's really up in the air. I mean, he did travel to London, uh, so that's probably a good indication that he is going to play. But, I mean, at this point, really, really, who knows? And of course, you mentioned Trubisky, you know, he's definitely going to be out, and you know, that's, a, that's a, big, a big blow for the Bears. I mean, Chase Daniels is a good quarterback. He's a solid backup, um, but he just doesn't give you all the things that Kabirski does. He may be a bit of a, of a calming influence for, for the offense because they are still early in the season. Uh, they were going through some early season growing pains. So I think he'll be okay as long as the Raiders can't, uh, the pass rushes contain a little bit. And then on the offensive line, you mentioned that they are missing Ted Larson, who filled in last week for Kyle Long, and Kyle Long has been battling a hip injury he says he's going to play this week um, but uh, I'm being honest he has not looked very good this season i'm not sure if it's because of the hip injury has been nagging all year or maybe he's just to the point now where he's he's at the point in his career where he's declining but you know if he if he can't go we have to go with a uh, third year pro Rashad Coward who was a uh, backup right
0: tackle as of last week okay good stuff there uh now I want to get this off the, you know, off my off the table right away. I'm just going to rip the band-aid off. Uh, I got to ask <laughs> about, I got to ask you about Khalil Mack. Uh, you know, Raider fans oh, are God, still God. still uh, grieving cool. over the loss of him. How much do you do you love having Khalil Mack as part of a Chicago Bear? and like and how much does the fan base love this guy?
1: I mean, he is clearly one of the most popular players in town right now. He is just I mean, I've always thought he was a good player, but obviously I, I didn't watch him very closely when he was on the West Coast. Um, but then last year then this year, he's just, he does so much for the team. I mean, he he's relentless. His motor's nonstop. He doesn't take any plays off. You know, he commands a double team, sometimes a triple team, every single play time he's on the field, and he makes the entire defense better.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit more about that defense. Uh, Obviously, this this Bears team is, is built to win. You know, with that dominant defense, I looked up some numbers. They're giving up just eleven points per game right now. They're tied for the league uh, lead in turnover differential with a plus six. They've got seventeen sacks. They can get it done at all three levels. So, if you had to choose, where is the biggest weakness on this on this Bears defense? And if you were John Gruden, how would you look to attack this this defense? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, the, the Bears have Pro Bowlers and All pro, All Pros at every level of the defense. You know, and then, like I said, they're missing a couple good players last week, but the backups came in and did and did great. Uh, Nick Williams, the backup defensive lineman, he had two sacks last week. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski, the backup inside linebacker, he had he had nine tackles and a sack last week. So, you know, this whole defensive unit is just playing with a lot of confidence right now. And honestly, it all starts with Khalil Mack because you know he practices hard, he plays hard, and and the entire the entire defense just kind of kind of uh, takes after what he does, and it's uh, I mean honestly, there's really no weakness. I mean, I guess if i want to be a, a real nitpick, I guess you'd probably say the corners uh, with with uh, Prince Mukamara. Uh, he He's the one member, of the secondary that's never been to a Pro Bowl. Um, but again, he, he's a really good a, a good pro player, and I can't see any weaknesses on that Bears' D. Now, course,
0: now obviously. Last year's defensive coordinator Vic Fangio went. You know, he he's with the Denver Broncos now, and and they brought in uh, Chuck Pagano to replace him as the defensive coordinator. So, how much has the scheme changed under Pagano from what Fangio was doing last year with the defense?
1: Uh, it changed a little bit. I mean, the Bears they, they are blitzing a little more frequently than a year ago. Um, the thing with Vic Fangio is he didn't really blitz too much. He did most of his his his, his creative stuff in the back end, where he would try and disguise coverages more with Chuck Pagano, he's doing more of his creative stuff uh, with the front seven. Uh, so we've seen some some different blitzes this year. Uh, we've seen the the, the, the corners blitzing, the, the, the safety blitzing, you know, plus they do a lot of stuff, of course, with the inside linebackers. So it's just a little different. I mean, it's, it's still an aggressive defense. You know, they still are playing some, some press man coverage from time to time. Um, but again, it, it makes it up. It's just... Uh, you know, the reason the, they're able to be so good compared to, you know, last year, and then, you know, with, the, with the admission to the D coordinator was because the talent is so elite on that defense. So, I mean, having Chuck Pagano come in and, and he's a very experienced coach. So I didn't expect a drop off, and there has not been one so far.
0: Lester Wiltfong Jr. joining me. Uh editor-in-chief at WindyCityGridiron.com for SB Nation. Um, I'm not sure if you heard the comments that John Gruden made earlier in the week. He was asked about uh, planning for the Bears' defense, and he, he, he made the comment that um, the, the, the problem is you just don't scheme for Khalil Mack. He, he mentioned Leonard Floyd as, as being a great player. He also talked about the great uh, interior players they have on that defensive line. Um, and he also commented on, you know, having a great blitz scheme. Um, essentially, he refused to say anything flattering about Khalil Mack. Now, some people, yeah. some people find that very um, comical. You know, what are your thoughts on those comments by Gruden?
1: I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I, when you, with Khalil Mack, he's clearly the best player on the defense. But you have a, a Pro Bowler in, in, in Kyle Fuller, a Pro Bowler in Akeem Hicks, another All Pro in Eddie Jackson. So, you know, you have really good players all along, every le- at every level. Uh, the, the nose tackle, Eddie Goldman, is a guy that, you know, has been one of the top nose tackles in the NFL. But, you know, he doesn't get sacked, so so the, there's no, uh, no real uh, uh, recognition for a guy like that. But, but but top to bottom, you know, the backup included, this Bears defense was really good.
0: Yeah, what, one final question. Um uh, about the defense, uh, the, currently the the Bears defense is uh, giving up just under 300 yards total per game. Uh, only 61 yards per game on the ground, which is good for third in the league. Um, now the run game has been a strength for the Raiders offense with rookie running back Josh Jacobs. How do you anticipate Pagano will will game plan um, against the Raiders. Will he will he try to shut the run game down and, and try to have Derek Carr beat you, or uh, you know, or, or the other way around?
1: I think we'll see a similar game plan to what they did last week against the Vikings. The Vikings came in with, I think, the top uh, the top rushing attack in the NFL, and and they, they shut them down. I think uh, they only gave up uh, 50, 60 yards in total rushing, and and they, and they were averaging uh, close to two hundred yards a game, and they just shut those guys down, and, and they do it. It all starts the front seven, but you know they're, they're so quick. You know that they have guys that can two gap, they have guys that can penetrate in one gap. Um, it's all just basically a pick your poison right now with those guys. And and the key is to make 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 Carr beat you, Kind of what they did last week with Cousins. And the thing with Carr, he's very accurate with, with 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 a short passing game. But the Bears are going to want to harass him a little bit, kind of make him get off the spot and and force him to uh, to get a little pressure in his face.
0: Yeah, I want to shift gears now over to the Bears offense. Uh, you know, the big story, obviously, this week has been the injury to uh, starting quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Chase Daniel came in in relief of him last week and, and did a nice job. It, it kind of seemed to me, I didn't watch the entire game, but from what I saw, it seemed like they were kind of limiting him a bit. Um, so my question is, how do you think the game plan changes with Daniel's under center?
1: You know, head coach, Matt Negus says that last week when when the injury happened, and he did not change anything at all. You know, They kept the game plan intact. You know, the thing with, with Trubisky, is a little more of a, a, a bit better of an athlete than Chase Daniel. But it's not like Chase Daniel is just this this plotting runner. I mean, he's a pretty decent athlete as well. So, you know, they may not call as many read options, which they have in the past. They may not call, you know, uh, some of the rollouts they have in the past. You know, they'll keep Chase Daniel in the, in the pocket a little more than they did Trubisky. That's really the only thing that should change. And as, as long as the Bears offensive line can come together and have another good uh, – day in pass protection i think
0: they'll be fine the bears have a pretty impressive rookie running back uh, themselves and david montgomery and he's a part of a kind of a trio of backs for the bears that includes Tariq cohen and, and mike davis um what can you tell us about how um you know how, how we can expect these three backs to be utilized as far as their roles on sunday
1: it really seems like David Montgomery's taking over the, the lead back role. I know the plan coming in was to have those three guys get a lot of reps as well as a uh, uh, wideout kicker, a uh, quarter uh, Patterson. He gets a few snaps a game running back as well. But, you know, uh, David Montgomery had 22 carries last week. Um, of course, Mike Davis was out. He missed the game for personal reasons. He the pass, so they skipped the last game. Uh, so I'm sure he'll be back this week, but he, even before that happened, they were kind of phasing him out. He only had a few carries this is really turning into to mostly David Montgomery. But the problem with the Bears' running game is the offensive line is not making any holes for him. Um, so they have to work on that. I, I really thought the Bears' line would be a strength to the team coming into the season, uh, but honestly, through the first four weeks, they have not really impressed as much. Uh, the the pass crows kind of been up and down a little bit, and then the run blocking, you know, from week one, all, you know, always the last week, it's just it has not been the best.
0: Yeah, and I forgot to mention Cordero Patterson. Uh, you know, he was he's yeah. a form, he's a former Raider, uh, and yeah. he, the Raiders actually utilized him similar to the way that the the Bears are. They they would actually utilize him as a running back out of the backfield. So yeah, he's another guy to keep an eye on. Uh, just two more questions for you. Um, if you had to come up with a, a couple keys for victory uh, for the Bears against the Raiders, what would they be?
1: I think for the Bears, it's all about getting getting getting, getting after the quarterback and that's been, a, luckily for them, a strength of the, of the team this year. You know, I think uh, you have to, like I said, you have to get Carr off the spot. I mean, he's a guy that is very accurate I mean, when, it's a, when it's a short passing game, and that's what John Greenwell do when he runs the classic West Coast offense. So I think it's going to be about, you know, getting to him and making him uncomfortable back there. And if he is uncomfortable, I think we've seen in the past, you know, he will throw some interceptions. He will make some, some, bad, some bad reads, um, which is the case with most quarterbacks. But, you know, and then on offense, It's all about, you know, the same thing. They have to protect the quarterback. You know, the running game, like I said, it's not been the best. I'd love to see them get that going, but I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get, you know, that'll be the week to do it. Uh, But you got to protect Chase Daniel. You got to keep him upright because last year when Chase Daniel played in those two games, in place of Mick Trubisky. He was sacked nine times in two games. So if things don't develop quick enough for him, he will hold the ball a little longer. Um, He doesn't scramble quite as good as Trubisky. Uh, So, if everything's not working right for him, he will take some sacks. So the Bears got to keep him upright.
0: That's interesting. Interesting stat you gave us there, because the Raiders' pass rush is is struggling again a bit this year. So maybe this is a week that they can finally get going a little bit. Uh, the final question, I not. yeah yeah. The final <laughs> question, <laughs> final question I do have for you, uh, just kind of a, a game prediction. The Bears right now I saw are, are five point favorites. So what, what do you think happens Sunday? Maybe give me a score. What do you think?
1: Um, you know, I can't remember what my prediction was, but it was something along the lines of like a 23-9, something like that. I just think the Bears' team playing too good right now, and uh, there's really no one on, on the Raiders' offense that really frightens me at all. I mean, like I said, they, they shut down the Vikings last week, and the Vikings were playing pretty good on offense. And then on uh, the Bears' offense, I think what they're going to try and do is they're, they're going to try and uh, slow the game down, so they've done the last couple weeks. Uh, they're going to shoot. Through the clock and just kind of just uh, take whatever the uh, the defense gives them.
0: All right, well there there you have it. That's uh, Lester Wiltfong, Jr. from Windy City, uh, uh, yeah, windycitygridiron.com, dot uh, com. Part of the SB Nation family. So I w- I want to thank you, Lester, um, for giving me some time tonight. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, I'll be in contact with you. Thank you very much.
1: Sounds good, Evan. Thanks. Have a good one.
0: All right, that was a great spot there with Lester Wiltfong, Jr., chief editor at WindyCityGridiron.com. Uh, yeah, that was uh, some good information there. Um, again, I think the storylines this week for the Week 5 game against the Bears, um, how does the Raiders' uh, offensive line deal with that that pass rush that the Bears have, uh, led by Khalil Mack? Uh, they, obviously, they cannot allow Mack to, to, to wreck this game. Um, I think that uh, what the status is of these Raiders receivers, if, if Tyrell Williams can't go, that's going to be a major problem for the Raiders. And I think, uh, as Lester pointed out, interesting fact that uh, in two starts that Chase Daniels made last year, he was sacked nine times. So maybe this is a game where the Raiders can get that pass rush going. Uh, he tends to hold the ball a little bit more, according to Lester. So uh, those could be some, some storylines throughout the game. Well, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Just Pod Baby with Evan Grote. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to the show. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, let's hope that the Raiders can pull off an upset here. It would be nothing sweeter for for Raider fans to to win this reunion game with Khalil Mack. Hope everyone enjoys the game. Hope everyone has a great weekend and go Raiders!